0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: In my situation, uh, there was a serial rapist that was responsible for the crime, and that information was available for people to see and should have been disclosed by the prosecution and had it been even disclosed uh, prior to my appeals in the Saskatchewan Appeal Court. I would have been released.
0: It was such a heartbreaking situation. It's the voice of David Milgard. David passed away not so long ago. And as you know, he did, he served. You can't even say served. He was abused. He was forced into prison for 23 years for a murder he did not commit. The rapist, the serial rapist he was referencing in that clip in a conversation we had with David and I got to know him reasonably well over the years, was Larry Fisher. He was right there for the police in Saskatchewan, but they didn't grab him, they grabbed David. And David was in prison for 23 years of his life, starting as a very young man. It was outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. And it's because... David's mother confronted then-Prime Minister Brian Mulrooney in public. And let's give Brian Mulrooney all the credit for what he did. He actually, he didn't have much choice because the national media was there. Well, he could have ignored it, but he didn't. And eventually, David was released. And I remember him saying to me, they they put him in a halfway house, because they hadn't quite decided what ultimately they were going to do with him once they realized that he wasn't guilty don't just send you on your way david had to be back at the halfway house at a specific time let's say 9 p.m. and he was a little late and he was in violation of his release so he was afraid he might be sent back to prison and i asked him david what were you doing he said i was outside lying in the grass, looking at the sky, because I hadn't seen it for so long at night. So a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Bobby Mailman and Wally Gillespie. They were found innocent of the murder charge they were convicted of in the 1980s. After they both spent many years imprisoned, and a couple of weeks ago, New Brunswick's justice minister—or let's not put it. This. Let me change this around a bit. Uh, Mister Mailman is seventy-six. He's dying of liver cancer. Mister Gillespie is living in poverty with barely enough to eat. He likely had access to more food while imprisoned. So what happens when two individuals who are found guilty of murder when they were innocent are acquitted? Which happened in New Brunswick when the chief justice presided over a retrial. Now remember, the first trial, they convicted them of first, first-degree murder. Second trial didn't even last half a day. Crown attorney got up and said, we have no evidence. We have no reason for this trial to go forward. We recommend acquittal. Done. So what's, what's happening with, with, with these two men, 76 and 80? Mr. Mailman is dying of liver cancer. And what got me onto this story is that one of our guests made me aware by way, by way of email that New Brunswick's Justice Minister, Ted Fleming, and his department are entirely silent on the issue of Bobby Mailman and Wally Gillespie. And how difficult and lengthy a process can it be for the innocent who are convicted of crime, perhaps particularly murder, to receive recognition and compensation for many years spent wrongfully imprisoned? How difficult is the reintegration into society following such an experience? Is there always a cloud of doubt which follows a finding of being convicted, though innocent? How does an 80-year-old man restart his life? After decades in prison, the 76-year-old man is dying. What a terrible reality. And the justice minister of New Brunswick, he's not saying anything. He doesn't care. Ron Dalton knows what it's like to be convicted of murder. When you're innocent, he was convicted of murdering his wife. Spent 12 years in prison in the same prison with Bobby Mailman and Wally Gillespie. And Ron Dalton waited 12 years for forensic evidence to find him innocent. Sadly, Mr. Dalton's wife had died from choking on a piece of breakfast cereal, which the young doctor at the hospital in Newfoundland didn't recognize. So Ron Dalton is back with us. President of Innocence Canada, and it was Innocence Canada's work, that diligent work, that created the reality of the freedom for Bobby Mailman and Willie Gillespie. How are you, Ron?
1: Good afternoon, Roy, to you and your listeners.
0: You know, each time I talk to you, I marvel at the fact that you're as calm, collected, focused and um, objective in your conversation. I never hear anger. I just hear determination to carry on with the work of Innocence Canada, and that is to secure the acquittal of men and women in Canada's prisons who must be acquitted because they're innocent. How do you manage that?
1: Uh, I have to confess, Roy, that if I need to, uh, to find a little anger, I can reach down and find it. But frankly, I haven't found it very productive. I didn't find it productive during the time I was in prison. Because the people in the next cell to me had their own sad story to tell. The people walking the hallways with the keys weren't the ones that put me in there, and they weren't the ones that could get me out of there. And even working on cases like Bobby and, and Wally's case, the, and I met these gentlemen 34 years ago when I was serving a life sentence alongside of them, uh, railing and, and being angry and, and Kicking at the system doesn't work. We've had to meticulously uh, take apart their case to the point that three weeks ago when they stood up in court, pled not guilty to this same charge, the Crown had to then stand and say, we have no evidence to offer. What little evidence they had 40 years ago was no longer there. We had taken that apart. Witnesses that had been paid were no longer reliable. The alibi that they had had been strengthened and proven. And there was literally nothing to tie them to the, this horrible crime, and it was a horrible crime. There was a man beaten and, and set on fire. It just wasn't by Mister Milman and, and Mister Gillespie. Mm-hmm.
0: And they had during the trial, there were witnesses who placed them both at the time the crime was committed, many kilometers both, away from the crime on, scene.
1: Both on the uh, on the police payroll, as it turns out, and uh, being paid for their for their testimony.
0: Oh, my, that's starting to sound like David Milgaard. Um,
1: well, there's always there's always similarities in, in these cases, and uh, poor old uh, my friend David not only served 23 years in prison, he was out on parole for five or six before we were able to demonstrate his innocence, and in doing so, actually identified Larry Fisher. So, David punched in 30 years. He was 16 when all this started. He told me he was a 40-year-old teenager when he got out of prison. Yeah. sure much in a place like that. Yeah.
0: Wynne Warner is the Director of Client Services for Innocence Canada. I've known Wynne by way of phone calls and emails for what, Wynne, what, 25, 30 years?
2: Yes, I've been doing this for, the organization's 31 years old, but I started really 32 years ago.
0: You're an amazing person, and you've seen so much, and you've experienced so much, and yet you as well are always objective, when I'm sure anger could easily be an emotion that you would display. What What is your feeling? What, is, what do you feel about the Bobby Mailman and Wally Gillespie story? Because it was from you when that I found out that New Brunswick's Justice Minister appears to care not a whit about them, or any compensation they might be due.
2: I think, you know, when you're doing this work, uh, you've always got to have hope. You've got to You know, despite the, you know, what you see people go through, because the one thing that I'm grateful for is people like Ron, who's one of the exonerees, who himself was wrongly convicted, as you've said, is their indomitable spirit, their unwillingness to give up or to give in. And I always considered it a gift that they trusted me enough to allow me to help them if I could, or the organization to help them. And uh, without them, I call them the heroes because they are heroes, because they just refused to, 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 uh, to lie. Uh, you know, they could have, well, many of them were offered plea deals that they could have taken and gotten out of prison earlier, or, you know, but they, they refused to do. And in the case of Bobby Mailman and Wally Gillespie, Wally was collateral damage. I mean, they wanted Bobby Mailman, but he, Wally refused to lie. And, uh, you know, something has to be said for people like Wally because despite the horrible set of circumstances he found himself in and that they were, you know, basically waving, you know, a a carrot in front of his his nose, basically saying, you take this and, and, you know, and you don't have to go through this. But in actual fact, he, he refused to do, he refused to lie. So it is the people that I get to know, the people who become I call them my extended family, and they very much are my extended family. And, uh, you know, and Bobby and Wally have known since the 90s. I've seen, you know, what they've been through while in prison. I've seen since they've been out of prison. And you can't help but admire and respect people who have been through what they've been through. And that, as you said, you know, I asked Wally because somebody asked me, and And I just asked Wally just to see what his answer would be about anger. And his answer was pretty much the same as as Ron's. What would it get him to be angry? Where would that, you know, where would that lead him, Mm -hmm. you know, except uh, it would destroy him as a person because he would just be his, you know, he would be just filled with anger and bitterness. And that gets us nowhere. Reuben Hurricane Carter used to say it consumes the vessel that contains it.
0: Yeah, Reuben Hurricane Carter middleweight boxing champion of the world was wrongfully convicted of murder. And, uh, he was in, he was right in the studio, right where I'm sitting now. He was sitting to the right of me and we did two hours conversation with him maybe 30 that years is, ago. And it's an quite amazing it was an amazing, guy. amazing story. Innocence Canada, by the way, small organization, volunteers, not a lot of money. They work terribly hard. And if you can provide any financial support, to Innocence Canada. It would be greatly appreciated. InnocenceCanada.ca um, Ron, when it comes to the issue of compensation for time spent in prison, the years, years spent in prison, knowing you're not guilty, knowing you're innocent, what happens when you're released? Are you contacted by governments and so, who say, oh, we're very sorry Mr. Dalton. We're very sorry, Mr. Mailman. We're very sorry, Mr. Gillespie. We want to make this as right as we can. Let's sit down and negotiate what you think would be an appropriate amount of money to let you rebuild or at least build your life. What happens, Ron?
1: Well, guaranteed that's not what happens, Roy. Uh, Quick correction. Uh, Last time you and I spoke, uh, I, I let you say .ca, and Wynn was quick to correct you, that it's .com. Okay,
0: InnocenceCanada.com. You can
1: you can still find us. You punch in Innocence Canada and we'll pop up. Okay, uh, real The reality is that none of those things happen, unfortunately. There's no mechanism in the Canadian Criminal Code for compensating uh, victims of wrongful convictions because they never expected that anything like that would ever happen, but it happens all too regularly. Three days ago, the premier of New Brunswick, held an hour-long event uh, with the Fredericton Chamber of Commerce. Uh, He called it the State of the Province Address. They do it annually. He spoke for an hour about a bunch of wonderful things that's happening in New Brunswick, and lots of things are. He uh, offered a $300 payment to households making less than $70,000 a year in what many are speculating will be an election year. On the way out of that event, there was a little media scrum And the premier was asked about Mr. Mailman and Mr. Gillespie. He initially tried to duck the question, but when he did respond, what he said was he'll seek advice. He'll do the right thing at the end of the day. And we all know what the right thing is. You stand up and and man up and admit that you made a mistake, that your government, the, the people of New Brunswick that you represent, the people 40 years ago working on your behalf got it wrong. You own up to your mistakes, you compensate the, the victims as best you can, forty years later, a little bit of money to make their lives a little easier. In Mr. Melman's case in the few days he has left. I spoke to him for half an hour today, and he's in he's in very difficult circumstances. And as you said, Mr. Gillespie's eighty years old. This could all happen in a, a twenty minute conversation between their legal representatives and the uh, the premier and and attorney general in uh, New Brunswick. Who to this point have been silent. The federal justice minister overturned their convictions. The chief justice of New Brunswick found them not guilty and the following day apologized in writing on behalf of the courts. We haven't heard a thing from the, the New Brunswick justice minister or the premier. And I, I hearken back to our, our mutual friend. Uh, David Milgaard, who uh, shortly before he died called Brian Mulrooney in, in typical David fashion, we were lobbying at the time for the Feds to uh, put in a, an independent, publicly funded body to do the type of work that we do, and, and David called Mulrooney, who wasn't at home, but got back to him within a half hour, and uh, David said, "How do we get this thing moving?" and and uh, uh, former Prime Minister Mulrooney told him. He said, David, he said, nothing happens in Ottawa until the prime minister says so. But when the prime minister says so, things can happen pretty quickly. Okay. We, 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 an analogous we, situation in the Brunswick.
0: Ron, when we, we, we have to pick this up. Again, there's much more to be said. Much more to be said. It's in the interest of everybody in this country, because the next person innocently convicted could be anybody. If you want to hear more...